Hey everyone, this is Diamond Rivera and we are back at it with the Live Discussions with Diamond podcast. This is episode 226. And before we get started, I hope everyone is having an amazing Tuesday. Also a big announcement. This podcast will be rebranding. Yes, rebranding. Instead of the Live Discussions with Diamond podcast, we're going to call it Let's Discuss with Diamond. That will be coming up soon as well. We'll be doing pre-recorded interviews as well from August throughout the year and beyond. So we're giving you more artists, more guests, more options, everything more. And everyone, I hope, again, your week is going amazing. Tonight's guest is really a special one indeed, a person I've been watching over this past two or three years, really making a name for himself, going to congresses and festivals and DJing all over letting these people know like he is here. He's one of my favorite DJs. I haven't even met this gentleman in person, but just seeing everything he's been able to create over these past years, uh, man, we need more people like him in our dance world. And I am pleased to announce all the way from San Antonio, we got the one and only DJ FNF. What up, people? <laughs> let's go, let's go. D oh man, first of all, FNF, <laughs> I love the getup right now. I mean, what, 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 tell me, where'd you get those glasses from, first of all? Uh, but I'm online, but I can't say where because, well, I don't think <laughs> anybody's going to copy my style because I'm the only DJ that has these glasses, really. But, um, uh, but I'm online, man, uh, at Amazon. <laughs> hey, but listen, but as I, I kind of saw that sign. Did it say the people's DJ? It is. That's what it says, the mm. people's DJ. That's my, that's my tagline, brother, because I, I play for the people. Thank you. That that's what DJs need to be playing for is yeah. the people. We <laughs> I don't play for the promoters or the events. I play for the people. Man, I love it. And like I said before earlier, really getting to know you really around uh the height of COVID and but also us having mutual friends, but also seeing and us even talking as well and realizing your history, you kind of dates way back in terms of just being involved in a dance scene before becoming a DJ. And I believe you came a DJ in 2018. Am I correct? Correct. All right. And trust me, we'll, we'll definitely get into that and how that story started. But, you know, my thing is this here at this podcast, we focus on appreciating the value and contributions of artists like yourself. So for me, DJ FNF, can you give me and everyone else an understanding of who you are before the DJing, before it all? Uh, my nationality is uh, Honduran Mexican, uh, half mm -hmm. and half. Born and raised in Honduras, came here when I was, when I was 16, um, went to college, got married, and I got divorced. And then after my divorce, I'm like, where, where am I going to meet girls? And mm -hmm. I said, ah, dancing. It's in my blood, right? And then I, after my first class, I realized that it wasn't in my blood. <laughs> and I needed to learn, really, and spend a lot of, a lot of time taking classes. So mm -hmm. I, I started taking uh, salsa classes, fell in love with it. And I uh, quit twice during the process because salsa is frustrating to learn. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and this is hey, on I, one, too. This is not even on two. On two is even more difficult. But anyway, I digress. Um, that's why uh, bachata is easier, right? I tell people to learn bachata. <laughs> anyway, so I uh, got into salsa, started dancing, and then, uh, then I, I, I heard bachata in 09, mm. and I never looked back, man. I, bachata just really got a grip on my heart and uh, ne has never let go. I still love it as much today as I did in 09 when I first saw it. Oh, man. And you're talking about 09. I'm still remember like the Extraño. I'm still remembering 24 Horas, all these groups yeah. back then. Yes, sir. And realizing too, like, honestly, it, it's interesting that you say, because you know, a lot of us, whether we want to admit it or not, we started with salsa. Yeah, yeah. And then we kind of like dipped our toes <laughs> and we saw that room and we saw that music and we saw the people. Yeah. You know, and then that kind of grabbed us. So for me now understanding, as we talked, you came all the way from Honduras, all the way to L.A. Yes, sir. So a question I have for you kind of taking away away from dances, what was that like for you? Actually, you know, from where you're from, coming all the way to uh, L.A. of all places. Right. Well, I would like to say there was a difficult transition, but it wasn't. Uh, thankfully, my mom and dad had the vision of some point bringing us over the, to the state. So they sacrificed a lot and they put us through bilingual school. So when I came here, I had a sixth grade uh, level English of understanding already. 
So I didn't have to go through the heartaches of trying to understand the language and then learn yes. it and then be be bullied and be, be, be fun of and all that stuff. Uh, so I didn't really have a hard time. I, I, we got our green card and then we flew over, which is also mm. a very easy. I, I have tons of friends who that wasn't the case, right? You know, who came here with illegally and had to uh, endure hard times just to make it to the, to the States, right? So my transition over here, aside from me uh, leaving my, I was uh, 16 at the time and had a 19 year old girl, <laughs> aside from leaving her behind and crying. Yeah. On the way. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, you like them older. You like them old as. <laughs> that's the only uh, a heartache that I, that I can honestly say that I had. Uh, my parents, yeah, bless them. They, they really took care of everything. And uh, without them and their sacrifice, I, would, I wouldn't be here, man. So it was an easy transition. I, I came right into 10th grade. I already yeah. knew the language, so I just picked up. And, uh, yeah, that, that, was, that was pretty much it. Culturally, man, I, uh, I was okay because we, we idolized uh, American culture in Honduras, right? So I, I knew what it was mm. like, and I just kind of blended right in, man. Wow. And and for me as well, then I've been to LA myself and LA is a be is a beast amongst itself. And I, I think as we talked, you say it's kind of the you eat or you get eaten type of world and atmosphere there. So then for you then, and as we even talked, you started taking your first classes there. Do you remember like your first class, your first teacher, those oh, moments? Yeah. Oh yeah, it was an older lady. <laughs> Bless her heart, man. Uh she must have been like 60, 70 years old. And uh it was a very basic class, and I was like, "Man, I, I need I need some somebody who looks like me, somebody who's young mm. hip and can show me some fun." <laughs> I don't. <laughs> and the, the, the median age in that class probably was like fifty, and this is when I was like mid thirties, right? And um, I, yeah, and I was like, "Ah, these people are too old." So I left, and I and thankfully, I came across uh, the Black Power Ranger. You know who he is, right? Oh yeah. I know. Yeah, so, so he was uh, teaching in LA, and for two years, I immersed myself in his instruction at, at this club that I don't think it's even no, it's not open anymore. But anyway, uh, and uh, I started learning from him, and yeah, I, I loved it, man. Man, and so then going from working with him and getting a little bit better, tell me then your introduction into bachata because we know you started with salsa, yes, right. but then how did that come about? So I swore I'll be a salsero to the day I died, man. Uh, I remember in LA, if you were an advanced salsero, you wore those. You got you got to wear those square white toe, uh, white a square toe white white square toe shoes, and you only wore those if you were advanced. And I remember the day that I went and bought a pair of those because I reached the advanced level, and I felt so <laughs> uh, on cloud nine. But um. I had a friend of mine who was a bachatera, and she was just like, "Hey, you need to come here. This bachata." I was like, "Nah, I got salsa is more than I need." Yeah, <laughs> I'm like I don't need anything else. Is it? And she kept nagging, 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 and and the first time that I saw bachata, it was at the Palm Springs Salsa Extravaganza mm. uh, in Palm Springs, California, which last year I had the pre the pleasure of uh, co-hosting. By the way, that that festival was very special one because that was the first festival I ever went to. And the first festival that I saw bachata, and I was like, "This is kind of sexy." Yeah, so, it was definitely different. It was right? definitely yeah. different. And I was like, "What?" And so when I went back to LA, I hit up my friend. I was like, "Hey, I'm not sold on it, but I, I, I'm intrigued." And she invited me to a little showcase they were having, and I was like, "Okay, let me let me see about this." And the way I, I like in bachata is like the the Sp Spider-Man movie, you know where. He gets bit by that by that spider. It, that black virus starts taking over him, and he can't control it, and it just engulfs. Yeah. That's what bachata is, man. It, that, that's what happened to me anyway. That's my experience. I couldn't shake it, and before I knew, I was dancing bachata every other day, and that's where I got the name bachadicto because I was a bachata addict, bachata addicto. And my friends like you're bachadicto, and I changed my name that same day on Facebook to bachadicto. Wow. <laughs> See, that's an interesting story because I'm like, I'm seeing his profile and I'm like, there's got to be a story to that. But then as well, you even having a story from even the DJ FNF, which we'll get into. Don't worry about that. But then, see, my question to you is then, what was that like of you seeing the growth 
of bachata, especially oh, on the West Coast. Goodness. Wow. Well, uh, uh, all that credit goes to Jorge Contreras and Leslie Ferreira. You know, you know, they're the ones that, are, well, Jorge Contreras used to run the LA Bachata, uh, Bachata Festival with um, Leslie, but now mm. he uh, is into real estate, so he became a millionaire through real estate, <laughs> so hats off to him, right? Yeah, and he stopped doing the, the festivals. But um, he started Bachata in, in 09, in the summer, with like five people and some concrete back, somebody's backyard with a concrete floor, and he went to Steven's Steakhouse, and, mm. which is the home of, of Bachata in L.A., and he said, I want to do something. And he, he said that he went to, might have, might have gone to 20 restaurants and they all turned him down. And Steven said, all right, we'll give you a chance in that little room in the back. And there was like maybe 20 people there when I went. Very small. And I was like, dang, this is it? <laughs> you know? So yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh. all right. Yeah. And that was like February of 20, I'm sorry, December of 09. And then through January of 2010, I, I started dancing and learning. And I picked it up pretty fast because I, already, I was already advanced in salsa. Mm -hmm. And now if you go to Stevens on a Wednesday or a Sunday night, you can have up to like three to 500 people in there. So it was amazing how we went from that small little room to then the main, half the main floor. And then yes. we eventually booted out the salsettas from the main floor. <laughs> and, and, and we took over Stevens Steakhouse. That Stevens Steakhouse now is the home of Bachata in LA. And, and that, that used to be predominantly salsa since the 80s and 70s. Yeah, so... Wow! Was, yeah, I was there for the growth of the bachata movement in LA. I'm thankful to be have to have been part of that. That's it's amazing because not just you, but I've also spoken to people like DJ Invincible, Vince Torres, that told yeah. me the same thing. Yep. But and realizing too, like even on in the New York side, I remember when again salsa, as they say, was king, and right. we remember even in the LA salsa fest days when. I don't remember, I'm not going to lie to you, maybe I wasn't in the right room. I don't ever remember maybe between the years of 2005 to 2008. I'm just going to give those three years. I don't remember a single bachata being played ever at the L.A. Salsa Fest. Right. They can correct me if I'm wrong, but what I'm also going to show is places like the L.A. Salsa Fest, the New York Salsa Congress. You know, they played and they catered to salsa, to mambo, to cha-cha. That was it. And... I saw between like 2009 to 2016 is those years for me that I've seen Bakshata really grow within the States, but also globally. Yes, sir. Because yep. there was, I still remember in New York Congress, like mid 2010s, having Island Touch have a small little room in the Hilton. You had about 50 to 70 people. And I started seeing the Sacetos coming in. And a lot of them don't want to admit, but I yeah. saw them coming in, peeking in, right. kind of like just holding up the wall. And then those same people, and I'm not going to say any names, then became bachateros themselves, even right. though they may not want to admit it. But for you then, what was that like? You know, you said you kind of caught that bug. Yeah. Besides Steven's Steakhouse, was there things slowly starting to kind of pick up within yeah. L.A.? The Granada L.A. was another strong powerhouse, man. So Steven's ruled Wednesdays and then on Thursday we, we go to uh the Granada LA where Alejandro de la Torre was used to work there yes. and and he used to have socials there on, on, on Thursdays not him but uh DJ Kenny uh Kenny Miranda there. Kenny Miranda yeah Kenny LA yeah absolutely yeah yeah him yeah, absolutely the, the the gentleman who does the uh traditional uh fest LA bachata traditional bachata festival in LA yeah yes. so he used to do Thursdays and th that Thursdays became huge this is way before Bachatopia as well. Now Bachatopia kind of took over that on Fridays. But, yeah, so Stevens on Wednesdays and Sundays. And back then, Stevens was also on Mondays and sometimes on Fridays. So it was Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Mm. And then it started doing <laughs> Sundays. Yeah, bro. Every other day I was out there dancing, and I loved every second of it, man. And then on Thursdays we would go to, um, uh, like I said, the Granada. And then sometimes on Saturdays in L.A., was dead. Mm -hmm. So I, I think that that's when people just hang out with their families or their kids or whatever. But uh, yeah, Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday and Sunday, it was just like lit. So we, so all we're missing is you said I don't know if you even said Saturday, but I even hear Tuesday. <laughs> so Tuesday was that open little gap of right. Tuesday oh was like God. there was something somewhere uh, uh, somewhere else in LA, Riverside or or oh uh, you God. know, 
but yeah, wherever else, yeah. But uh, maybe OC, I don't know. But in LA, Tuesdays and Saturdays were kind of dead. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah, so my yeah. question to you then is, what was it like going from you know learning this kind of style of dance, falling in love with it, but then you're starting to see performances? Like for you, were you more of like, I love to just social dance, or were you just appreciating it all? Oh, the people now started to have choreographies of this. Uh, to be honest with you, I've always been a social dancer, brother. Mm-hmm. And when I teach, I teach just social dance moves because I, um, I, I love performances. But <laughs> the way I used to, I used to feel is like I used to say this: I don't want to watch people dance. I want to dance. <laughs> you know. <laughs> 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 like I have to go to work tomorrow, bro. Like you're taking half an hour away from my dancing time. I love and your I, honesty, and I understand. I understand the importance of of of, uh, of uh, performances because mm-hmm. you know it creates hype and all stuff. It brings more people in. But I was like, dude, I just want to dance. Like, like I, I get it. Yeah, let's get one or two. But half an hour, I was like, ah, yeah. So, um, yeah, and the performances obviously as Bachata grew and exploded mm-hmm. in LA. More teams came on the scene. Bachata Caliente was one of the, the first teams there, that, uh, led by again Jorge Contreras and Leslie Ferreira, and mm-hmm. uh, man, that, that that they were the team to be on in LA. Uh, I've I've never been on any teams. Uh, just side note, never performed okay. once in my life. Wow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You you are you are a unicorn. Because... I, I am. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've never performed once in my life and never been on any team. Uh, in, when I went to Arizona, I started a team. In January of 2020, and then in March of 2020, obviously, yeah, it was it was that was that was gonna be my first performance ever, but um, yeah, it never happened. So God had God had other plans for you. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Man, it's it's amazing too just to hear because I appreciate when I tell people I appreciate their honesty because again, when when people we have these conversations like. Hey, I, I, even as a videographer, I've had conversations with attendees, artists, when they say, hey, maybe we like come. All right, we also have to understand the amount of performances has quadrupled Correct. since 09. So right. we we have to also realize the amount of companies and productions yes. and performances. There are like I remember L.A. was maybe 15 to 20 and people were like, all right, that's 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 good. Right. And now right. you're at events and it's 40 to 60 shows. Yeah, hours, so, hours. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So then, you know, realizing as well, you know, you of social dancing, but starting to love this style more and more. Now let's really now get into how the DJing came about. And that was a story you had told me about. Right. But kind of help help other people understand how did DJ or how was DJ FNF born? You know, I, um, I, I, I like to say that I, I have jokes my way through my life, man, <laughs> because it was, that also became kind of a... So I, I moved for, to Arizona in 2018 because I had a lifelong dream of not having a mortgage payment. And in, in LA, that would have been just impossible. So when my daughter went to college, I left California and I, went, mm-hmm. I moved to Arizona and uh, I wasn't able to fulfill the dream there. Because gotcha. I, didn't have, I didn't have the funds to buy that condo outright, but it was a better living condition. And I never dreamt of being a DJ. I mean, in LA, we have so many powerful DJs, right? Um, mm-hmm. I mean, goodness gracious, uh, DJ So Nasty, uh, Invincible, Zonic, uh, DJ, uh, those are LA DJs, right? You have, then you go to OC, uh, Luis Aragon, right? Uh, other ones mm-hmm. as well that are strong there, you have people in Riverside. Anyway, so. DJ Marco Pedraza, right? So I never had a desire to be a DJ because there was already so many good ones, right? So, but when I went to Arizona, my business partner there, Larry Gar- Lawrence Garcia, Larry Garcia, who I love to hate. We <laughs> 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 have a love-hate relationship. I love him to death, literally. Like, I anyway. Yeah, so uh, when I started showing up to his socials, he saw that my level of dancing was not like the locals there and he will tell you that his his bachata is really really bad well he doesn't dance bachata number one but he'll tell you that his bachata selection of music is really bad as well mm. so what he said is is this guy dances better than anybody here and if i don't play music that he likes he's not gonna come back to my socials 
So at least he didn't have the ego, right, to say I'm gonna play whatever I'm gonna play. And he's yeah, like, right. That's you know? why you're the. That's why you become the people's DJ. Exactly. Absolutely. So he pulled me up to the side. Said, "Hey, bro, my name is so and so." He's like, "Why don't you send me some songs that you want me to play for you?" I was like, "Oh, damn! All right, DJs don't do that, right? They just don't, you know." So, <laughs> so I emailed him them songs, right? And he would play him, and then the, the, the then one day he's like, "Hey, bro, next time, why don't you plug in your phone and play some songs?" And I was like, "Okay, that's cool." And I was just happy that I was introducing all the music that I heard from LA. This is not even my music. I just yeah. all the music that I heard from all the amazing DJs. I was introducing into Arizona, and so that's when all the joking and the banter between him and I went back and forth because. He made a flyer saying special guest DJ, DJ 7S, because at the time I had an iPhone <laughs> 7S <laughs> and I DJ from this, from, from this app the first time in 2018 in Arizona at Elks Club, which is still going strong, by the way. And uh, Larry Garcia had been up, up until that time seven years strong in socials, classes. Then I, then I took over after COVID, and now he's back there again. But Elks is a very, very special place in our hearts in Arizona. So I DJ for the first time here, and people just lost their minds. They're like, oh, 7S, that's hilarious, blah, blah, blah. They started <laughs> laughing. They would come to the little DJ booth and see, see me, like, messing with it. It, it just became <laughs> a thing, bro, a joke. And then and then the flyers just had it, it started happening, right? And then that night, he's like, all right, bro. He's like, on Saturday, that was a Tuesday night. I have a social Saturday and I need you to DJ. And I was like, I don't have a laptop. <laughs> and it's like, well, you need to buy one. I was like, all right. And I don't, I don't shy from any challenges, right? So I on Wednesday, I put an ad on Facebook. I said, I need somebody to send sell me a used laptop. And mm. my friend from um uh California Riverside, uh Edwin Lemus, he said, I have a laptop, I will sell it to you for 250. I was like, done. He sent it overnight on Thursday. I got it on Friday and I load up all my songs on Friday night. On Saturday, I pulled up to Elks <laughs> Lodge in Arizona and I DJ the bachata room in the back off of iTunes. No DJs wow. software, nothing. Just push and play, man. And just selecting the songs as I would. And, and this is music that I had heard from all the great DJs in, in, in LA. So of course mm. people loved it, right? Because if I like them, I'm a dancer at heart. I've always been a soldier dancer. If I like the song, I know that other people are gonna like it, right? Yeah. And I, I picked the best of the best songs from LA and I played, and people were like, wow, this song is, this music is amazing. We never heard it. And that was the birth of my DJ career. Uh I didn't I didn't have a name just yet, but um it, yeah, uh I don't know if you want to tell me a story about the name now or or or, or later, but that, that was the first time I DJ for uh, Larry Garcia at Elks, and the rest is history, brother. Man, and and that's interesting because again, as we know, like certain I've had I've had talks with DJs, and a lot of them are different. A lot of them they they focus on the blending, cross fading, transitioning. Right. But I, I always say honestly, if you understand the music, if you understand what the people want, yep. it, that right there, half the battle was won. Correct. Because I, I I've also met DJs that say I will play what I want because I know what I want works. And don't right. get me wrong, right. that can work. But right. that's not every scenario. Correct. And like you said, too, you literally, and trust me, I remember YouTube DJs. They would go on YouTube, have different <laughs> tabs yep. up and go from next. But to see you literally at an event at Elks with an iPhone 7S with the Mix app <laughs> and doing it and people appreciating it, that yep. right there was like, not many people can do that. But then you said taking that challenge, getting that computer from Edwin Lemus, who as well I'll be speaking to because I would love to have him on oh, so he can actually talk about that story yeah. as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But so then, and now we get into really the name because of course you were known as DJ iPhone 7 or DJ 7S, <laughs> but we really, most people know you as DJ FNF. So mm -hmm. how did that name come about? So um, when I decided to, to do this more often, um, because Larry paid me, and I was like, you know, pay me to have fun. I was like, okay. Uh, he's like, yeah. He's like, yeah, bro. He's like, I need you to DJ like every social with me. I was like, bet. I'm like, I, I, I never even dreamt of being a DJ, but of course it's fun, right? You know. So I, I you know, I love having fun. So uh, the challenge became what name do I give myself, right? 
well, Bachadito is my, my handle on Facebook, like I said, but DJ Bachadito is too long, right? And I was like, no, nah, I don't like that. DJ Ed was too basic. And then somebody said, well, you are fat and fit, right? Because <laughs> I used to be a personal trainer, and then I stopped training, and I stopped dancing salsa. I started dancing bachata. Bachata is a lot slower, so I became a little fat. I was fit and fat. Mm. So I started telling people that I was fat and fit. I'm like, hashtag fat and fit nation. And people started laughing, blah, blah. And, I, and then somebody's like, why don't you just call yourself DJ Fat and Fit? And I was mm. like, no. I'm going to call myself DJ <laughs> FNF. And it just flowed. It rolled off the tongue. And that person was like, that's it. And that was it. That was the birth of DJ FNF, man. And I, it, it's, it's a joke. It's funny. And uh, like I said, I, 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 I've laughed my way through a lot of my success in life just because I don't take myself seriously. You know, like not too serious. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm dead serious when, when it comes to like, obviously, I, I performed at, at festivals and I've ran. Uh, and I've been the head DJ at the Phoenix Salsa Bachata Festival that Larry yes. Garcia and Ed Amaya uh, host. And I'm dead serious there, but I, I don't take myself too seriously where I don't, I'm not, I don't laugh at myself and, you know, in life. Right. So uh, it was a joke and it became a reality and it just, it worked. So I'm like, here it, here it is, DJ FNF. And then the people's DJ, my good friend from Arizona, um, Jay Adrian. He's like, you are the people's DJ. And I, I was like, why? Because you pay, play what the people want to hear. And I was like, that's amazing. And I became DJ FNF, the people's DJ, because I'm always, I'm always paying attention to, to what the crowd wants to hear. Not what the <laughs> promoter wants to hear. Not what the venue wants to hear. Not what the, pe- the people that pay their little $10 to go in and hear me DJ, they're the ones that need to go home happy at the end of the night. Not the promoter yeah. or the venue, right? So I play what they want to hear. I love, I love that, and of course, Vince here saying this man is really wearing his LED shades. Yes, I sir. mean, it, it wouldn't be right without it. I think I would have been right? asking about <laughs> this. Is my brand right here, bro? Absolutely. Oh my God. DJ does this. <laughs> so you know what? And it's interesting enough. So because we know that as you as well, like you just love to have fun. So here on on this podcast, we've definitely have done our research. And we found a photo of you. And this is a segment that I, I really want to, when, when we're going to get this photo up, trust me. Oh, of course. And then Vince says he stays true to the theme. Yes, hey, and so before I get to this photo that I'm going to show you, my question right. to you then is, what was it like for you now stepping from going into the socials and now actually being a part of festivals, congresses, events with Hundreds of people, many artists. What was that transition uh, like? Going from like you know the little events to the bigger ones. Right. Well, the first event that I ever DJ at a festival was the the Palm Springs uh, Salsa Bachata Festival. Uh, mm-hmm. And the, the reason why I say that the festival was very special because it's a lot of firsts. That's the first festival mm-hmm. that I ever went to in 2009. That's the first festival where I saw bachata, and I was intrigued in 09. And then in 2012, I went back and I taught there for the first time bachata with my then partner, Tania Borges, um, who literally forced me to be her partner because I was scared to death, right? But she's like, you, <laughs> you, I'm a teacher at a teach. And I was like, ah, all right, let's do it. So in 2012, I went back and I taught there for the first time ever. Then in 2017 or early 2018, I believe, or 2019, I don't remember. I don't remember. I think it was 2019. I went there and I DJed for the first time at a festival mm-hmm. as DJ FNF. Yeah, it was 2019 because in 2018 I became a DJ in, in Arizona, and then 2019 we went there, and then late, a month later it was the uh, the Phoenix Salsa Bachata Festival. But yeah, but this one was before that, so that was the first time I DJ at a festival, and it was amazing because socials are cool, but when you're DJing for 500 plus yeah. people. Oh my goodness, the energy in the room, unreal, man. It's just like to have the, 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 like you're controlling the dance floor. Yeah. Right. Yeah, right. You, the you, pulse. You are like, you are controlling right. the pulse of it. Yeah. You, you have the heart of that social in your hand. And that's a great responsibility, it's a humbling responsibility. And I freaking love it, man. I was like, I can't believe that I get to not only get paid to do this, but be here, be the one guy that pushes play 
and whatever sign comes out of these speakers, the people love and get lost mm. in that. And I get to impact them and, and touch them without even touching yeah. them. Right? Because they go home saying, man, that, that song that he played was my, was my favorite. I loved it. Wow, I had such a great dance song. I, and they'll remember that moment for who knows how long. And I created that, right? So I don't take that lightly, man. Like I had a, an impact in this person's emotional state for that little, for that yes. hour that I'm DJing, right? And that is unbelievable to me. Man. Like, I, I love that. That's what I, I love about DJing, that I, I get to touch people without even touching them. I get to alter their emotional state. Mm. You know, if they're stressed or they're sad or whatever, I play a song and they're like, oh my gosh, that's my song. And after they're dance, done dancing, they're like, man, I feel better now. That's, I, and that's power. Right? I love that. I love that because to be honest, you really hone in on the people. Because again, we've talked yeah. and we know there are DJs that play for themselves, yeah, but also right. you people have to realize at a Congress and event, there are other organizers and promoters there and they're yes. watching you and watching right. the crowd's reaction. Right. Right. So again, the way you represent yourself, the way you play your sets matters. This ain't, I get it. Some people want to play a set, leave it and do what they want to do. But also other DJs know, you know, when somebody's in it and is doing it. And you yep. know when somebody's just lazy and just like, you know what, I'll throw it on, we'll see whatever. But so I need right now, I need you to answer me this question. So when we see this photo, <laughs> I, I, knew I, it. I knew I it. need <laughs> I need you to tell me what was what was going through your mind okay. when you for that for, I need to first bring this up right here, man. You know what this is? Is that Agua? No, that's Ma Mamawana. Mamawana from the Republic uh, Republica Dominicana right here. So what happened is that, um, I, let's see, when, when was this? Ah, uh, oh, man, that wasn't, that picture was taken, uh, man, where, where are we? Uh, 2021, last year, right? Last year, uh, my ex bought me a flight to the DR. I've never been to DR. Wait, by yourself? No, no, no. Her and I, we, oh, um, she, oh. yeah, she bought, uh, you know, uh, flights, hotel, and surprised me um, with, with that trip, right? And I was like, mm -hmm. oh my goodness, this is unbelievable. So I, I was super excited, right? So when I went there, of course, we got immersed in the culture, bought some Mama Juana. This is a bottle from the DR. I knew this. Oh yeah, I know. Thing. I know that. <laughs> it <laughs> right? got the sticks in it. It got all the oh, shit. Dude, there is. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I know exactly. Oh, absolutely. Let me, you know what? Take what? Yeah, just a little. Just. Ah. Uh, yes, yep. sir. <laughs> right to the heart. Anyway, so uh, we went to, uh, to the DR. I got immersed in the culture, dancing, all that stuff. And I I, I was the head DJ at the Feeling Salsa Pachata Festival, right? Like, as I mentioned. Mm -hmm. The year before... I yeah. did body paint as well, but this year it, it was it was my thing to do body paint, right? And I'm like, what am I gonna do? And I thought of the Dominican flag. I mean, it was like I have to. I just came from the Dominican Republic, right? And this is a lady in in Arizona, and I said, Can you do this for me? She said, Absolutely. She came to my hotel room, painted the the flag, and there were some Dominicans there at the festival. And they're like, bro, that looks so amazing, so detailed. Well, yes, Angel Vargas was there. He was like, dang, man. Uh, he was there. Also, uh, Alex was there, right, from Alex and Desiree. And he yes. was like, dang, man, the detail in this. Yeah, so when I came out, people were like, holy crap, that looks amazing. So, <laughs> like I said, I I, I am a, I like to have a lot of fun, man. But obviously that was a, a, a strong, you know, powerful message that, that, that delivered, right? You know, like I love bachata. Bachata is in my heart. Yeah. And it looks so, it looks so professionally done. I mean, you know, so. Uh, I mean, yeah. yes. Big, big shout out to that artist. Cause listen, man, I mean, I've seen costumes, but that right there is an original piece. And yes, that was amazing. And listen, I, I agree. Going to Dominican Republic, it changes me. I mean, I've, I met my wife there. So, uh, yeah. I mean, every, yeah. anything is possible. So, yes, sir. now really before we get into our last segment called The Randoms, realizing now we're in 2022 and realizing there are so many more events popping up all over the world, it seems. So, for you, what are kind of some of your plans going towards, you know, the end of this year and really beyond? So, um, 
as you know, I moved um, two months ago. I left Arizona and moved to San Antonio. Uh, and people are going to probably wonder why I did that. And I'll, I'll be honest with you. The reason why the reason why I moved to Arizona is the same reason why I moved here. Mm-hmm. Because I was pursuing a lifelong dream of owning my home with outright. No mortgage payments, right? This has been a financial goal since I was 18. I bought my first condo when I was 23. And I've uh, sold and flipped you know, condos ever since. And uh, the, the real estate market was at its peak about March of this year. And I mm-hmm. sold my condo in Arizona. I made enough profit to buy a house here in, in San Antonio cash. So I no longer have a mortgage payment. I've been debt, credit card debt free since 23. So mm-hmm. I feel like I'm retired. I, I, uh, I, yeah, I get to work and do what I, what I love to do, which is DJing. I, uh, and teaching, right? I'm teaching uh, at Esta Noche Dance Studios with uh, uh, J Square, Jonathan, Jennifer, right? I, I'm DJing for them. Um, I'm, I'm also, I, I've taught at uh, um, Algo Nuevo with uh, DJ Plasias and Lee Rios, right? Oh, and, yes, DJ Plasias. Right? I love it. Yeah, absolutely. Which, by the way, Plasias is the one who taught me how to blend songs. He went to Arizona. When I hired him, he stayed at my house, my condo, excuse me, and he taught me how to mix songs. Yeah, so yeah, I am. I am indebted to him for teaching me how to blend about you know beat matching all that stuff. So, um, yeah, I also work. I'm this Saturday. I'm, I'm uh, DJing at uh, the Bachata Room for DJ uh, Ludwin. So, I live here now. I feel like I'm retired, and I I don't have to DJ, but I do because I love it. Right? Yeah. I I, I am financially debt free, which is. Like I said, I goal since I was 18. So my goal for this year and the community here is just what, I, what my goal was when I went to Arizona in 2018. Mm-hmm. It was a young community, but Chata was not really a force in that community when I got there. And as a result of me DJing and teaching, it became a force, right? Yes. Um, I'm already I, I, maybe a month in here. I started teaching weekly here, like I said, at Esta Noche Dance Studios uh, with J Squared. Uh, I'm gonna start doing boot camps. Uh, I'm obviously I'm obviously DJing. I'm doing lots of private lessons. So I'm gonna do what I did in Arizona is just help the community become stronger and mm-hmm. be more representative of bachata. They have a very strong salsa community here, and bachata is growing. The people are hungry to learn. Um, my classes are are, are are well attended, so I'm thankful for that. So wherever uh, people have a need, I'm willing to help. Uh, I'm mm. not after this from financial gain because I really, like I said, I really have no very little overhead. So I'm not doing this to become world famous or or take over anybody's job. I just want to help the community because in the end, it benefits me. If we have better dancers, when I go dancing, I'm gonna have more fun, right? So yes. that 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 it, in a selfish kind of way, I'm doing this for myself. <laughs> but hey, uh, no. I mean, at least you're honest about it. <laughs> but uh, but no, uh, just what I told uh, J-, J squared. I'm here to help out wherever you guys need. I'll I'll, I'll be there to to, to to fill the need, right? So, uh, people need help DJing, whatever. I am also going to do what I was doing in Arizona as well, which is was uh, I, I did weddings, I did quinceañeras, I did corporate events and all that stuff, right? Because I I have my own DJ equipment, so. Uh, all that stuff. I'm just gonna plug in the, the the holes wherever there are any holes and see where this takes me. Do I want to start traveling again? You know, be going to festivals and stuff like that. Absolutely, I would love to. Mm-hmm. But if that doesn't happen, that's great too, right? I'll just help my community, right? I'll build my community first, and from there we'll, we'll go from there. Oh, man, I, I love that. To be honest, how much you are invested in the community because. Again, it's easy to kind of leave the people you have behind when you're just traveling and doing you. But just hearing that no matter what, it all brings back to the community, but also making yourself happy. You got to make yourself happy before you can make others happy. So I appreciate you just being honest about that. And now it brings us to our (laughs) last segment called The Randoms, which I have some questions here that may deal with dance and everything in between. So. Are you ready for your first question? Hit me. All right. And I want you to be honest here. I need you to get me your pet peeve at a social as a dancer. Smelly dancers. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I don't care if you can dance. 
but I do care if your breath stings and you have a BO. Come on, man. Like, yeah, at my socials in Arizona, I used to have at the very front a tub of mint and cologne. Oh, my God. The mint, the little. And I always have like two or three colognes when I, whenever I'm DJing. So if guys eat, hey, come get it, man. It's free. Yeah, so damn look at look, you really are for the people because hey. I mean <laughs> hey hey you <laughs> you are the people's DJ inside and out. You got yes. them covered at all angles. All right, next question. I think you kind of hit upon it earlier upon you speaking about being a DJ, but you know, I do ask this question to many DJs. Do you really take requests? Oh, absolutely, brother. Absolutely. Gotcha. If I haven't, I will play. And once again, why do I do that? Uh, I, I understand some DJs, excuse me, uh, the, let's say a top 1% of the DJs, right? They might have already a, a pre-scheduled set, like let, let's say Soldier, yes. right? right? Because he is the best in Bachata DJ, right? So he already has a, 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 a set that, that he wants to play because he, he needs to showcase new songs or whatever, right? I get that, right? But us local DJs, we are paid by... by like our friends who go to the social, right, right? And if my friend who I go out afterwards and eat tacos with, right, right, ask oh, me for a song, I'm not gonna be like, nah, bro, I'm not gonna play a song, right? You know what I mean? <laughs> right? If it's if I have the song, yeah, I'll play it. You know what I'm saying? If I can download the song, I'll probably play it as well. Unless it's a horrible song, man, then I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, hey, man, you know that song is not really, you know, it's not. Yeah, it's gonna, it's, it's gonna, gonna fuck the mood up, right? Yeah, but uh. I would say 99% of the times I play that song. I even go on the mic and hey guys, my name is DJ F DJ FNF. If you guys have a song request, I'll play it if I have it. If not, you'll get your money back. And then I'm like, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know? Oh, okay, okay. I'm about to say, because you know that promote about the company. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's gonna come out of my pocket. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's gonna come back with you with one less. Right. right. <laughs> All right, but, next question. Sorry, but again, it's about building the environment for that person, right? So I want that person to go home yeah. happy. No, I agree because and I would say this because I've heard uh, attendees say just how thankful that they were that that DJ played that song because you never know what someone's going through. Right. And you're realizing some people come to these events just to release some stress. Right. And listen, the work that you guys put out speaks volumes. All right. Next question is, if you could have one last meal right now, what would it be? Dang. My goodness, this is tough. Um... So in 2001, I went to Italy. I went to St. Francis of Assisi. And oh, I yes. had a pizza there, man, that it was just dough, sauce, basil, and uh, cheese. And till this day, man, this is in 2001 that I went there. I still remember that pizza. That's all. I mean, that's all you need, a real pizza? That's it. That's it. And I haven't forgotten. I haven't had anything anywhere remotely close to that. I mean, so, I'm sorry to say, but I don't think in L.A. or <laughs> Arizona or San Antonio, right. we're going to get anywhere. I'm sorry. No disrespect. Right. Maybe tacos. They ain't got tacos in St. Francis of Assisi. <laughs> but listen, I, I definitely agree with you. My wife has been to Italy and she has told me like oh. that food there is it's, it's like Oof. it's like I'm not going to go to france for tacos no, no, no yeah I, yeah i gotta go straight i gotta go to mexico i gotta go as close as possible all right and hey i appreciate that because listen that those pizzas from italy i've heard are cool. just like forget about immaculate yeah. Yeah. all right next question here so of course we know that you dj but we also know that you just love also to dance so what is a favorite song of yours to dance to if the dj if the dj gave you the opportunity to choose a song. What song is it? Uh, um, let's see. Recently, I've been vibing to Provenza by uh, DJ mm. Selfie, man. Yeah, that 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 remix. I I love I love remixes, man. Um, I'm not one of those. I love traditional music as well, right? But I love remixes, man. And Selfie is smooth with it, man. He yeah, that Provenza with my Carol G. Ah, that song gets me, brother. Yes. Yeah, so big one. big shout out to DJ Selfie out here in the New York area doing yes, amazing sir. work. Yes, sir. All right. Now, this next question here might put you on the spot because uh -oh. 
We know that you love to dance in many cities. We know you've laid your impact in many cities, but can you give me your favorite dancing city? Hands down, LA. Ooh. Bro, and specifically at Steven Steakhouse, man. I mean, that place, the the energy that I went there maybe four or five months ago. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I wish. I could disguise myself as somebody else and nobody would know who I was. And I could just stand there. Just standing and watching people is enough. Mm-hmm. Like, but obviously I can't do that because and then, and people start asking me to dance, right? Or I, I the music DJ so nasty, plays a song, and I'm like, I look at him like, really, bro? <laughs> like, I just, like, I, I, I just want to enjoy this. And now I have to go dancing because I can't not dance this up, right? So yeah. the energy in that room, it is palpable man it just oh on you have to be there to experience Dude, it basically. yeah it just and and people that challenge each other to, to to get better whether it's in a healthy way or not that the way they challenge themselves but you <laughs> you i know that's a different story right but you want to become an advanced dancer when you go to steven Seagal's because the level of dancing there eight out of ten songs that I dance there are amazing mm. Hey, that that hey, that percentage is really good. Yes, sir. All right, this next question here, uh, I want to ask you because even as a dancer, we know that you love dancing with as many people as you possibly can, if not just the whole night. But imagine you are at your favorite Congress festival event, social weekend, or whatever, and it is the last song of the night, and you can only dance with one person. Who is that? Oof. I'm going to say... Carolina Rosa. Mm. Dude, I, my uh, other business partner, Ed Amaya, Eddie Pelito, right? One of the up and coming superstars, right? Um, with fun fact, Ed Amaya and I, not only do we, do we share the same name, but also we share the same nationality. We're both half Honduran. Honduran, yeah. I was like, I, Hondurans are very rare. No, but, no, and, and it's true. I did. I tell you this, and I, you might not even know this, but I'm gonna just even before you answer this question mm-hmm. here, do you know the second highest population of Hondurans in the states? In New Orleans, fucking right. Yeah, <laughs> fucking right. Know. I do that shit already. I'm, <laughs> I'm always in New Orleans. So once I was like Honduran, I was like, you gotta know this. It's yeah, and the reason why I know is because my my boy Troy. <laughs> Troy Anthony, of course. Yeah, yeah. Of yeah, course. He, he, yeah. So he's always telling me there's a ton of, but in Arizona, very few Hondurans. Mm. Uh, and I was like, you have, you're, I'm like, you're Honduran? He's like, yeah, bro. I'm like, me too. I'm like, I'm half Mexican. And he's like, me too. And <laughs> no, so we have the same name, same yeah. nationality, and the same passion, bro. Mm. Isn't that crazy? Anyway, yeah. That's so, a yeah. bromance in the making. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so, Ed Amaya hired Carolina Rosa to come out and teach for us in Arizona. And I danced with her, and it was literally the best dance I've ever had in uh, 13 plus years of dancing bachata. It was absolutely like, like, you know, when you see a a movie out of space and they release water, and the water just kind of like, wherever you push it, it just goes and flows. That is what it feels like dancing with. It was just, Unreal. It just, oh my good, yeah. And I told her, I was like, this is the best dance I've had in my life. And she's like, oh, muchas gracias. Yeah. Yeah, but because she probably heard that a lot, but she doesn't realize like you're you're being a hundred percent back. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, she is a smooth, smooth dancer. I love that for her. Man, I love that. Yeah. All right, now it brings us to our last question. And you being so honest and transparent, I think you would have some good information on this last question here. So me and you have been in this industry, been involved in it in some capacity since the early 2000s, more or less. And we have seen this community evolve from when, and I have to be honest, when bachata was an afterthought, till now we use the terms bachata is taking over. So for for my question to you, FNF, is what are some things even in 2022 that we need to change or you see can be a change that can help us move forward and growing the scene. Oh man. Uh, 
I would say <laughs> the bickering, man, uh, between traditional and central bachata mm -hmm. dancers. Uh, I mean, that started back in 2012, right? When Soltrix released his first remix and people were like, oh, that's not real bachata. And I get it, right? Mm -hmm. I understand it. But it's just about having fun, right? You know, like, let's just, let's just let people have fun, man. I mean, people work all day, right? They, go, they wake up at 5 a.m., go to work at 7, get up at 4, go home, grab a bite to eat at the social, whatever, right? They're exhausted. They just want to have fun, right? I tell people, if you want to come to the social, pay your $10 and lay on the floor while I play a song. <laughs> hey, that, that's you, bro. I mean, you know, right? <laughs> you know, as long as you're not in the way of the people, you know, you're not yeah. laying down on the court. Dude, you do whatever you want. I don't care. As long as you're not harming people, right? You know, if you're not yeah. breakdance the song, breakdance, you know, but just let people do what they want to do, man. You know, like and stop this bickering between hey, that's not me, but I'm not. I get it, right? Mm -hmm. But Soul Tricks has done so much for the movement, right? You know, yes, absolutely. He's connected non-Spanish speaking people to bachata, right? In a way that Anthony Santos can't do because Anthony doesn't sing in English, right? You know, right? You know, right? You know what? So he can't doesn't make remixes, right? But Soltrix took a, a song by Rihanna, Bieber, or whoever else, right? Carol G, whatever, whoever, and threw a, a bachata beat in there, right? And people connected mm -hmm. with it, right? And if you connect with the music, you're gonna, you know, connect somebody on the dance floor, and it's gonna become a a, a, a passion, perhaps, right? And then the community Absolutely. grows, right? So yeah, let, let's let's bring him in with the central movement, right? And then let's teach him about the roots and the culture, right? Where yes. he started with, you know, Juan uh, uh, Manuel Calderon in 1962, right? You know, all that stuff. Yeah, I do know all that history too, and I appreciate all that stuff, right? And I appreciate what all these all these the Godfathers of bachata did, right? But mm -hmm. I also love I love central bachata, man, because it's sexy, right? And um, and and I'm good at it, right? So. I don't want people to look at me and be like, ha, yeah, you're not really dancing much and laugh, you know, because I don't, mm -hmm. you know, that's just, it's not cool. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, if you don't want to dance central bachata, don't dance in the central bachata. Go yeah. dance. You're traditional. And that's it. Just, but, you know, it's tough for human beings to, to do that, right? But if, if we can get rid of that animosity amongst ourselves, that would be great, man. I mean, hey, I, I to be honest with you, I, I really wholeheartedly agree because I love that traditional music, but I, I think the biggest issue, and I have to say, was the educational part. Because there were people teaching this style, but not giving the education behind it. So when you don't teach the education and you just teach steps, that's right. all these students know. And then when they go and they then become teachers, that's right. still that lack of information that's there. So when... I, and I've seen people over there, and I tell you this, I have seen instructors be exposed at a workshop, and that is due to the lack of education. Correct. Because you have, there's a difference between, you have people like Alex and Desiree, you have people like Daniel and Desiree. People hold them to a high regard because besides being amazing performers, they are also amazing teachers because they right. know how to teach. Right. And I think, again, is that, listen, I love both styles. I always feel bachata is bachata. I understand people want to kind of segregate it sometimes, and that's that. But ultimately, for me, I love the music. But I agree with you that the remixes help bridge the gap between the non-Spanish yeah. and the Sp and Hispanic or whatever you want to say. Right. Because, to be honest, that helped then expose that music to the masses. You're hearing, when you had Romeo doing music with Usher, when you have now Drake doing songs with Bad Bunny, and you're yep. realizing now these, these pop icons and cultural figures are now hearing this music and getting influence. And just like in our community, again, you're going to have some type of pushback. But people like you, DJ FNF, the people's DJ, understands what the people wants. Right. And, and that's something that goes a very, very long way. And someone here writes traditional appreciation, cultural appreciation, modern remix appreciation, honoring longtime artists, appreciation for DJs, balance. Yeah. And whoever that is, I want to figure that out. But hey. they said it right on the money. That's because it. when you have balance, 
Yes. Everything else works in itself. Correct. And honestly, DJ FNF, I appreciate you doing this last segment called The Randoms because, of course, we can be lighthearted, but also we just love to hear the honest truth about things. Right. And I appreciate you doing this segment. And now it brings us to our conclusion of our talk today. And really, I think today we've kind of gotten some glimpses really into your life. But for me, again, from one artist to another, I have to thank you so much for what you've been able to contribute, your value to your community. Because again, we need more people like yourself that are true to you. Because like I've told you too, I've met people in this industry that they have a, a facade. The person I see DJing is not the person I see that just walked off. Correct. Absolutely. And, you know, for me, again, I thank you for what you do because of all the sacrifices you probably have made over these years, doing events, missing uh, personal moments. And again, I, I, I thank you for coming on to the podcast. But at least before we do go, I would love to know if you had any last few words for myself and the audience, but also contact info on how people oh, yeah. can reach you. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, no, I, I just... I'm very thankful for um, for the opportunity that I have, right, to to do what I do, right. Um, mm -hmm. I I get to have fun, get paid having fun and doing what I love to do, right. Which very few people in the world can do that, right. You know, um, most people hate their jobs, right. And that's what when I'm DJing, man, I'm always having fun, I'm always smiling, I'm always laughing, playing the guida, the campana, whatever, because. To me, is an expression of thanksgiving, you know, of, of a mm. thankful heart, right? That I get to do this. I don't have to do it, right? I get to do it, man. You know, yeah. so I'm not gonna go to a social and DJ and be in a bad mood. I'm just, I'm just not. You know, that's I, I, I'm not gonna do that because I, the people going there deserve more than that, mm. right? You know, they deserve to have somebody who left whatever issues they had at the door. And then when they plugged in, they give that per that 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 room the energy that they they, they deserve, right? You know. Yeah. So I, I feel very honored, very thankful, very very uh, privileged to be able to do this, right? And um, even yeah, like I said, it, it all happened as a joke, right? But I take it very seriously, you know, right? Because I realized the impact that I have, right, in a community. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, I had an, that impact in. In, in LA, in LA, I, I was just teaching. I taught maybe from like 2010 to 2014, but uh, I did a, I had an impact there. After that, I, I, I was one of the, the dancers there as well, right? So people would see me and they're like, oh man, I want to dance like this guy right here, right? You know? So I was the leader in the community. I was the leader in the community in Arizona. I'm a leader in the community here in, in San Antonio as well. So I don't take that lightly at all, right? And I'm very mm -hmm. cognizant of that fact that people do see me and say, oh, one day I'm gonna dance like this guy, or one, I like the way this guy did. So I'm always aware of what people around me, right? So uh, very thankful for that. Um, we'll never uh, take 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 it for granted. Uh, thank you for what, what you do, right? Obviously for you know bringing um, featuring all these artists and and doing what you do for the community, so that other people can get to know other artists, right? That they don't yes. know other cities, right? You know, and oh man, you know maybe when I go there, I can you know. Go to the, his event or whatever, right? So every little bit of, of um, helps, right? So um, just uh, get get better at dancing. Take some classes. You know, our community or not because of COVID is very young, right? Mm -hmm. Learn to dance, right? Learn musicality, connection, all that stuff. Learn to dance, and the 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 faster you get to that advanced level, the more fun it will be. Mm, absolutely. <laughs> Definitely, man. And so, at least before we go, how can people reach you? Oh, like yeah, Instagram, sorry. Facebook? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, on Facebook is Bachadicto, right? Um, although I do have a DJ FNF page on Facebook as well. Uh, and, and but both Facebook and Instagram is Bachadicto, um, or you can type just D, hashtag DJ FNF on uh, on Instagram as well, and you can find me there. I have, I have a page dedicated just for, for my DJ and one that says Bachadicto. Um, yeah, um, either one of those. Two. I don't have a TikTok, but uh, anyway, that might. Be <laughs> I mean, I'm 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 not gonna lie. I'm kind of surprised you don't <laughs> have a TikTok. I know that's funny, but uh, but yeah, either one of those two. Uh, hashtag DJFNF, and uh, oh yeah, there you go. That's a, that's a, my DJFNF page. Yeah, yeah. 
See, I'm trying to, yeah, we got to show people where it's at, man, honestly. And again, I, I appreciate that we can do this and have this moment. And I definitely can't wait for the future. I know I will be at an event yet you will be at one day. And I'll definitely, you know, having these conversation helps because it builds the connection. And again, once we see each other, it's like, oh, wow, we just saw each other before. But again, I'm glad that, you know, our community has people like you that are not only invested in having fun. But you're invested yeah. in the people, and, and that's that's what it's all about. And and honestly, again, I thank you so much for coming on. I thank you for everyone who's tuned in, who will be tuning in. This episode will also be speak, also be featured on Spotify coming soon. Yeah. Right. Yes, and I, I want to thank everyone for tuning in. Episode two hundred and twenty six of the live dis- yes man of the live discussions of Diamond Podcast man. Thank you guys for tuning in. Have a great night. We'll see you guys on Friday. We're talking to Rubia from the New Orleans Salsa Machata Festival. Everyone have a great night. Stay safe. See you soon.